Welcome back to episode 15 of Inside Illini Football. Spring game's almost here. I'm sports editor Matt Daniels of the News Gazette. Pleased to be joined by beat writer extraordinaire Colin Likas as we record this on a sunny yet chilly Wednesday. Slight programming note for all those interested. We're going to record these now on Wednesdays every week just to have some consistency too. And we also feel uh, once the season gets rolling that that would be a good kind of midway point to look back at the previous week's game, but also uh, have enough intel to, to look ahead to the upcoming game. So that's our plan. So get ready to see these podcasts drop each and every every Wednesday. Colin, how are you doing? Doing well, Matt. And we are, like you said, gearing up for the spring game on Monday. I'll be Monday there night in, football, Colin. Yep, I'll be there in person. Is Hank uh, Williams Bob, Jr. going to be there? Bob, I don't think so. Uh, Bob will Is he be live. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, Bob Osmussen will be there in person. Um, maybe, maybe our photographer Robin Schulz will be there. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but well, we'll so. have a good presence over there at uh, Memorial Stadium, and uh, it's supposed to be just a two-hour time block on Big Ten Network, so the game should be in a nice and tidy format. And I'm glad we'll you told Brett Bielma to run the ball every play so we can <laughs> make deadline. Well, he, uh, he does have a Zoom call this afternoon, so I'm sure... He might get uh, a line or two from us media members about uh, play calling. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, just looking forward to the spring games, the culmination, obviously, of all these spring workouts that uh, I've been sharing tweets from and all the Zoom calls that we've been having with Brett Bielema, members of his staff, and some of his players, including a especially important one yesterday that we will talk about as this show goes on. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's exciting to get to spring ball finally and to, to get back in Memorial Stadium and see a football game, even if it's not going to be, you know, the most hyper-competitive game. It will still be competitive, no doubt, and uh, hopefully it'll tell us a few things about what we can expect to see as we head toward the uh, the month of August and the opener. Two good news bullet points I want to point out when we talk about the Monday night spring game. Fans are going to be in the stands at Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that That's here in important. a second. And but the biggest point of good news is that Illinois is going to win on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think they're going to end in a tie. I don't think. I mean, I guess it's possible you could end in a tie, um, unless you know if they're tied at the end of the game and Brett Bielema decides somebody gets some bonus points for doing something especially well. Perhaps that's the way you could end a, a tie because nobody wants to go home with a tie. We need some kind of decisive winner from that game, whether it's the orange team or the blue team. And it would be the first time Illinois wins a football game at Memorial Stadium since 2019. Wow. Because <laughs> their two wins last year were both on the road. All right. Well, that's that's unfortunate. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good news for See, good news. Illinois we're spreading positivity like in on this podcast this week. with that's, uh, that's a certain brand of positivity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like you said, Colin, um, kind of the, I would say one of the bigger questions surrounding this Illinois football mm-hmm. program is, the starting quarterback position. Of course. I know I ask you that pretty much every week, and you stonewall me at every single right. effort, but uh, that's fine. I'm going to keep asking it. But uh, Brandon Peters and Isaiah Williams talked Tuesday afternoon with the media on mm-hmm. these beloved Zoom calls that we've all grown accustomed to. And Colin, I know you chimed in in Wednesday's News Gazette about why each guy should be the starter. What was your big takeaway from, from hearing the, those two uh, significant contributors speak for the first time this spring yeah i mean it's uh it's not a whole lot different from them than what we're used to hearing from them last season isaiah williams uh, for for as much as he's uh 
kind of a, a big personality on the field, I think. He's always been pretty calm and measured during his interviews, and he doesn't give off too much. He, he kind of uh, maybe holds some stuff back a little bit, doesn't let out uh, quite as much to us media members as he does to his uh, fellow teammates and maybe to the opponents as well. Um, and Brandon Peters, a uh, little more expository in his interviews, but obviously a big talking point has been trying to make him more vocal on the football field. That's something that Brett Bielema and Tony Peterson have talked a lot about wanting to do during this uh, during the spring football run and, and the time that preceded it. So, I mean, ultimately what we heard from those two guys is uh, nothing terribly different from what we've heard from them, you know, at the end of the Lovey Smith tenure, kind of leading up to uh, Brett Bielema's time. I think that's the first time we've heard from Isaiah Williams since last season. We heard from Brandon Peters once when he, when he decided he to come back. back. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we, we've heard from Brandon. Um, it's been a while since we've heard from Isaiah, but really, I mean, both guys, you know, they didn't give off too much. I mean, they, they went into some details about some things they're working on. I know I asked Isaiah Williams about um, one thing that I think it was either it was either Brett Bielma or Tony Peterson mentioned uh, a, um, a kind of a hitch in Isaiah Williams' throw mm-hmm. that he's working on where the ball kind of sails on him sometimes. He doesn't point the ball in a certain way when he throws it, and sometimes that'll cause the ball to lift off and kind of sail over mm-hmm. over somebody's head. And he was pretty Isaiah was pretty candid talking about, "Yep, we're working on that, uh, getting better at it." And uh, by the same token, Brandon Peters said, you know, they noticed, uh, the coaches noticed that uh, he tends to kind of maybe lean back a little bit too much during some of his throws versus mm-hmm. you know, standing straight up. He points his foot maybe slightly askew from where he's where he's targeting his receiver. Things that you would never notice live in, in TV as things are just flying around and things we would probably never notice even on replays mm-hmm. with things that these coaches this new coaching staff obviously has noticed and is trying to work with these two guys on. So both guys were pretty candid about, yeah, it's, I, we, they didn't come in and tell us we were 100% perfect and that there's no room for us to grow. They've, mm-hmm. they've both been making adjustments, as I managed, I imagine the other quarterbacks in the room have as well. And then just as far as getting asked like what it would take for them to be the starters, point blank, I mean, Isaiah Williams basically said consistency was his biggest thing. He mm-hmm. said, I need to be more consistent. Uh, in all facets of the game, it wasn't just any one facet. Not he didn't say I need to be more consistent throwing the ball. I do fine running. He just said I need to be more consistent. And and Brandon Peters, I don't know that Brandon really gives a specific answer as far as what he needed to do to be the starter. Mm-hmm. I think it was more so just kind of that senior mentality, that sixth-year mentality of this is my last shot to play football. It would be a big deal to me. It would mean a lot to me if I'm able to. Uh, if I am able to to start for this last season of my football career. He said he does not intend to play seventh year of college football no matter what happens. He said he's pretty much over the academic side of things. Well, I don't know so, how much more academic stuff he can do. Yeah, college. exactly. So uh, Brandon Peters is more so I, I'm a veteran. He's not saying, like, please start me because I'm a veteran. It's more so, like, it would mean a lot to me if I'm able to, and so I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I'm the guy. And I, I guess along those same lines, it was asked of Isaiah Williams, "Would you cons- has anybody talked to you, first of all, about a position switch, which he mm-hmm. said no, that hasn't come up at all. Nobody's talked to him about being like a running back per se. Um, but he was also asked, you know, if that does come up, would you consider it? And his response was, I'm a football player, which is, is a, way, a way of saying yes, mm-hmm. I suppose. You know, if he was asked to kind of be a running back to Brandon Peters' starting quarterback, it doesn't sound like he'd totally rule that out either. Um, it's impossible to say like who the favorite is right now. The spring game probably tells us more than anything. Us going in as media members and watching these 15-minute reps, 
where Brandon Peters has been 1A and Isaiah Williams has been 1B the mm-hmm. entire time really doesn't tell us anything. It's not like Tony Peterson's out there patting Brandon Peters on the back and yelling at Isaiah Williams or vice versa. Mm-hmm. They're both being treated the same way from what we can tell. They're both being treated as number ones, which is something Brandon Peters acknowledged that mm-hmm. we're basically both get splitting number one reps right now. So maybe the spring game tells us a little bit more about who the starter is, but really up until then, if anybody tells you this guy's going to be the starter or this guy's going to be the starter, they, they're just totally speculating. Well, that kills my next question because I was well, going to ask Well, I'll try to expand on whatever you I was going to ask you who the starter is because I, I, I had this call from Lincoln, Nebraska before we got in. A oh guy boy. Named, named Frost, Scott Frost, <laughs> was calling me wondering who his defense needed to prepare for when they visited Champaign in, in late August. But I guess, I guess we'll put that to the side for now. It would be curious. I, I think if you had to put money on it right now, if, if it were me and I was a betting man, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm I am. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a poker extraordinary I, I am. <laughs> player as well. I, I think Brandon Peters has a slight edge mm-hmm. just based on his previous experience, although a lot can change between now and, and the season opener. you obviously yeah. got a few practices left with spring ball. You've got off-season workouts in the summer. Then training camp is supposed to roll around in, in August. But given his experience and um, – just his familiarity, probably ability to adapt. Um, I think he's the guy to get the first snaps, but I would not be surprised to see both Peters and Isaiah Williams play sure. in the season opener against Nebraska. I think the real key is to really just kind of pick one guy after they maybe get some reps early on in the season and go from there because the old saying is is when you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. So. Yep. Uh, but it, it's curious, too, because you have to think about it um, from the standpoint, too, of if Lovey Smith had not been fired, uh, would Brandon Peters still be at Illinois for the 2020 season if Lovey Smith was coming back this year? I know Peters talked um, when he announced he was returning, too, but I'm just curious how much influence Brett Bielema had in him returning to – I mean, he's going to be 24 years old yeah. midway through the season this year. He's – He's proven a lot in college football, and Isaiah Williams, like we saw last year, showed flashes at times, especially in the run game, notably at, at Rutgers last November, but has struggled in, in the passing game. That's kind of been the one bugaboo for him in his time so far at Illinois. So they each have their own strengths. Peters mm-hmm. definitely has a stronger arm, probably more accurate arm. I think that's the one thing you want to see mm-hmm. out of those two quarterbacks on, on Monday night is just their accuracy and, and pinpointing their passes and making sure they're hitting the receivers in stride and, and kind of having a good understanding of the playbook that they've had to learn You know, here these last three months or so since Tony Peterson became the offensive coordinator. And it's going to be a very vanilla offense most likely on Monday night because you're going to have – it's going to be televised on BTN so every Big Ten school can – every Big Ten coaching staff can watch what Illinois is doing and try mm-hmm. to get a sense of, of what Brett Bielma's offense is going to be like at Illinois. But uh, I think, too, they, they're kind of playing the long game in this is they don't – what good does it do Illinois to announce that, hey, Brandon Peters is a starter right now? Right. Um, you know, maybe lend some, some doubt, some, some skepticism around it. Uh, as long as everyone on the team is comfortable with it and they kind of know who the guy is, it's, it really does no benefit for Illinois to kind of announce that, yes – Brandon Peters is starting quarterback because there's no it's not a clear-cut solution it's not like Brandon Peters was a Heisman Trophy finalist last year or anything like that or an all-big right. 10 quarterback so he's the guy I mean he struggled at times last year and Isaiah Williams flourished at times but also struggled as well so they they need to 
they need to figure out an answer, but again, there's no real rush to doing so in, in mid-April. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. And Tony Peterson has relayed as much that he's not especially concerned about trying to name somebody immediately if there's no reason to do so. He said if, he said in the past if somebody especially stands out and makes it obvious that, okay, they are the clear-cut number one, even in spring ball, he said, oh, go ahead and name that person. Mm-hmm. Does that necessarily mean we get to hear it in public? Not necessarily. I mean... I guess they'll they'll they probably end up telling us media members during Zoom calls if we point blank ask them, or or they could continue to hide it. They mm-hmm. could just hide it until you know we get to like July and August, and we're starting these workouts for June, July, August, and we're starting these workouts f- preparing for Nebraska, and it mm-hmm. just gets kind of thrown out at some point. I, I I mean it's obviously a big deal. You want to know who your starting quarterback is, but there's a difference between them not knowing who the starting quarterback is and everybody else in the world not knowing mm-hmm. who the starting quarterback is. So if Tony Peterson and Brett Bielema and the rest of the staff have somebody figured out and they just don't want to share it with us for a little while, then that's kind of the way it goes. But um, overall, I, I tend to agree with your assessment that Brandon Peters is probably the front runner or the favorite right now. I would also be surprised, though, if Isaiah Williams doesn't see some playing time uh, against Nebraska on the 28th. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you've got one guy going in for mm-hmm. one drive, one guy going in for the other, and just this back and forth rotating door. Uh, I don't think that does anything to help either guy. I think it just creates more confusion as to you know what, what the expectations are of these guys, and it makes both guys kind of probably want to look over their shoulder more mm-hmm. than anything else, which is the last thing you want from your starting quarterback, especially running a new offense. So I think they'll have a clear-cut number one. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah Williams gets rolled out in some different packages mm-hmm. that don't necessarily use him at running back or at quarterback because I think you're wasting a good talent by not having Isaiah Williams on the field even if Brandon Peters is your number one quarterback. I, I think Isaiah Williams showed last year he can compete and he can perform against Big Ten mm-hmm. conference teams, but Brandon Peters has shown that a little bit more. He's got more experience his ability to throw the ball. Plus, we actually saw him run the ball last year. He is that was mm-hmm. the one knock against him was he's a he's a, he's an oak tree back there. <laughs> he's immobile. Well, he showed us he's not exactly immobile. He he can move that ball, maybe not as well as Isaiah Williams, but well enough to to make uh, defenses second guess what mm-hmm. they're going to do against Illinois. So ultimately, I think Brandon Peters is going to be the guy off the bat, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, one other thing that kind of stuck out to me was uh, both guys, uh, Brandon Peters and Isaiah Williams, were asked yesterday about their comfort their comfort level um, operating under center, uh, which is something they've been working on more. And you know, Isaiah Williams initially said, you know, oh, it, was, it was different for me and it took me a little while to pick up, but I actually enjoy it quite a bit, and I might even like it more than working out of the shotgun. Um, but then Brandon Peters' response was it really wasn't that big of an adjustment for me. We actually did it for like three years when mm-hmm. I was at Michigan, mm-hmm. and I did it some in high school. Yeah. So I'm pretty familiar with this way of operating things. And Brandon also mentioned that he would like to see diversity with you know operating under center versus operating out of shotgun mm-hmm. and things like that. So it just feels like Brandon Peters, uh, that, that doesn't necessarily mean he has a better grip of Brett Bielema's offense mm-hmm. by any means, but it just feels like he's maybe a bit more prepared to step in and just do whatever is mm-hmm. asked versus Isaiah Williams, who might benefit from that little bit of extra seasoning of playing behind 
uh, Brandon Peters in the quarterback room, but still seeing the field in running back yeah. type roles. Well, and then I mean Isaiah Williams has experience playing other positions. He was a wide receiver mm, in, right. in the the Red Box Bowl in, in 2019, and and both those guys too. If one of them struggles, you'd have to think there might be a quick hook, and the other sure. guys got a chance to go in and and run the offense efficiently, and, and maybe they just assert themselves and the course of a game and and off they go uh they're the starter but some other big news uh, around monday night's spring game uh came out uh earlier this week on monday with the fact that there's going to be fans yep. in attendance uh for the general public can attend an illinois sporting event for the first time in 13 months uh the last one was that infamous uh historic raucous whatever you want to call it atmosphere at state farm center on march 8th 2020 when Illinois beat Iowa in immense basketball and since then the only people that have uh, been able to see Illinois athletic events uh, up close and in person are family members and obviously assorted media members that have covered the events if, and you, games. if you don't count the Big Ten tournaments though, yeah exactly so. here in Champaign yeah, I mean right, here in Champaign yeah. um, I know I talked to Kent Brown on on Monday a little bit and uh, I think they're initial rough they didn't release in announcing all this they didn't release how many tickets they would have it's a free event but to get a spot in the spring game you have to reserve your ticket Mm -hmm. because they're selling them in in pairs or pods of four uh, because of social distancing uh, requirements but uh, the rough estimates were about six thousand they were hoping to get and then by Monday afternoon, I guess demand was so great that they released another batch, which would be on the east balcony, uh, which is about 1,500 or so. So they're hoping maybe 7,500 people might show up for the spring game, which considering the fact Illinois hasn't had a spring game, I know Lovey Smith had open practices per se, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like an official spring game. They haven't had a spring game since 2015. That's uh, it's quite a jump uh, in, in terms of that and uh, eager to see what happens. Students can go. I'll be able to sit in the north end zone. Uh, fans will mainly be congregated on the west side of Memorial Stadium, but they've also opened up the east balcony. The lower level on the east side is being uh, reserved for the marching Illini mm-hmm. and cheerleaders who will be in attendance as well. They'll be spread out uh, along the east side, but uh, and also in, fans can be in the horseshoe as well. But um, So they'll get a chance to see whether it's Brandon Peters or Isaiah Williams, who they want <laughs> operating uh, the Illinois offense uh, up close and in person. But uh, all in all, just great news to hear. And uh, now that leads to the next question down the road is to what attendance will look like during the 2021 season right. uh, for Illinois. Obviously, they open up here at home August 28th against Nebraska. We don't know any any details yet about how many fans might be in the, allowed in the stands at Memorial Stadium or anything like that, but uh, a good sign, uh, a good trend, and let's hope those that trend continues that, uh, you know, come August and in the fall that more and more people can have the opportunity to uh, get inside Memorial Stadium here yeah, in Champaign. Yeah, I don't, uh, I still don't think we're going to be seeing what some people want, which is a full house, and I, I mean, as we've discussed on here before, Illinois football has struggled to draw a full house for a while now anyway, so yeah. starting off with just some fans is a good starting point uh, for both a safety perspective and for just uh, getting back to a normal football field perspective as well. Um, I know these these players are going to be excited about getting getting cheered on by people again and just having that kind of normal football vibe. It does mean a lot to the players and the coaching staff, and, and there's obviously going to be a general sense of excitement just caused by kind of the uncertainty, uh, the cautious optimism that comes with a new coaching staff. 
And I, I mean, the the fans are gonna they're gonna get to see a football game, obviously. But like you said, it's a, there's gonna be some vanilla stuff. I mean, you're not gonna see you know anything absolutely definitive, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like oh my oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a spring football game, but yeah. it's gonna be a lot of fun for those people in attendance to to get out to see some Illinois football in action. And I think uh, that's really all they're expecting. I don't think they're going out there expecting a recreation of the 2007 Ohio State game. I don't think that's what anybody's going out to a spring game to expect. But it's just a sense of getting back to normal, and maybe at some point, you know, the number, if it's at 7,500 now, it jumps to 10,000, jumps to 12,500, something like that, and you just kind of gradually work your way back up. And then hopefully Brett Bielema's team uh, gives the fans reason to want to continue to come out as the, the rest of the 2021 season goes on. Pretty cool moment happened uh, on Tuesday afternoon as well. Uh, there was an out-of-this-world experience <laughs> for a former uh, Illinois football player, Mike Hopkins, uh, an astronaut for NASA. He's currently in outer space yeah. and uh, had the chance to kind of do a Q&A. And uh, I know several Illinois football players and, and Josh Whitman were able to uh, converse with him. Colin, uh, fill us in on, on that kind of special moment. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty unique thing where, like you said, Mike Hopkins, who's up in space right now, has been since November of 2020 uh, with the uh, SpaceX Dragon Resilience, which sounds just sounds very, resilient. very threatening is what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to attack some other planet possibly. To but, keep all the aliens away. Yeah, probably. I guess. Uh, but yeah, Mike Hopkins, like you said, Illinois alum. It was kind of just a, a short Q&A that was live streamed by... Uh, by Illinois on uh, on YouTube and Tony Adams and Blake Hayes and Doug Kramer each got to to ask Mike Hopkins a question live while he was in the uh, in the space station. It was a 25 minute in a, in interview conversation, what it, whatever you want to call it. Overall, there were some community members who also got to ask some questions. Those were pre recorded though. Uh, Doug and Tony and Blake, those were all in person. Mm-hmm. They each got to ask their question. So yeah, I mean, ultimately it was just kind of a, a cool experience for those three guys and and uh, just a way to kind of show off the U of I in a in a very unique level obviously there are not alumni from uh, every college in the world up in space right now so <laughs> that's a pretty fun way to kind of um, um, sell the Illinois football program in a different fashion I mean it's it's obviously kind of more of an academic thing than anything mm-hmm. I mean Mike Hopkins is not up playing a football game in space this is more of a, an academic study I think and that's kind of a, a cool different way to sell Illinois football because who among us has not wanted to go up into space at some point in our lives Good point, uh, Callan. Um, with the spring game coming up, uh, we'll have plenty of time in the next four months to kind of look back at some uh, more recent Illinois football games in the past. I know last week we talked about the Illinois-Penn State mm-hmm. game in 2014 season. Um, we're going to skip that part of the podcast mm-hmm. this week just so we can hit even more on, on the spring game coming up Monday night and then... In the lean months of May and June, when not much is going on, we can do a deep dive back in the historical aspect of of Illinois football. But uh, we're going to get to our draft part of the podcast now, and uh, we're going to keep it kind of wide open and kind of take this in whatever direction we really want to go. But we're just looking at the top ten things we want to see out of Monday night's spring game, and they can be be anything. So, Colin, uh, with that... Veiled introduction. You can uh, you can start us off with the first pick. Yeah, uh, anything at all, being you know a specific player doing something, a specific player playing at all, <laughs> a specific moment, 
something from a coach, maybe. Uh, I don't know what you'd really want to see in that regard, but at any rate, I am going to lead off kind of following up with what we've spent a large portion of this podcast talking about. Um, I'm curious to see Isaiah Williams completing some passes, just okay. hitting some some solid passes, connecting with his receivers from all different types of routes, whether it be, you know, not necessarily dump-offs to mm-hmm. running back or anything like that, but more so just uh, routes toward the sideline, post routes. I mean, just anything you can think of besides a dump-off, really. <laughs> I just want to see Isaiah Williams complete some passes and kind of do it with confidence. want to see w- which wide receivers, if any, he kind of shows an early connectivity with. Um, I think that will be uh, something that we're, a lot of us are looking for in the spring game, just seeing what steps, if any, Isaiah Williams has made in the passing game. I want to see with my first pick, this is kind of a out of the bow, out of the uh, ordinary pick, I guess, mm-hmm. but uh, I just want to see an eye formation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brett awesome. Bielema's uh, obviously known for, for run-heavy offenses in the past at Wisconsin and Arkansas, and uh, I know uh, Illinois has got some potential candidates for for fullbacks uh namely max rosenthal mm. michigan state transfer he's not here for spring he not, right. okay that's unfortunate uh can't see that on on monday <laughs> night uh but just some type of eye formation where it's uh quarterback under center fullback behind the quarterback running back right behind the fullback and then you know two tight ends look maybe and the defense knows what's coming but they can't aren't able to stop it and uh you know i just want to see in I formation on on Monday night, I I'm trying to keep it pretty simple, pretty basic, and I don't think there's anything more simple and basic in football than kind of in a power eye formation. Yeah, I, I, guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know what I expected with uh with your first pick, but it wasn't that. Well, this pretty... topic is so wide open; you could yeah. go in in any direction. I've got some some I guess crazy thoughts okay, rattling right. through my brain. So I formation for me sounds good. Um, with my three yards in a cloud of zupke field turf there you go perfect uh with my my second pick rubber pellets i think they are pellets yeah Yeah. little little black balls yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think what i'm gonna what i'm gonna go with is i'm very curious to just see how the five guys who have been moved from the defensive line to the outside linebacker position just how they function basically just want to see you know what what role they play in that defense obviously i'm aware of what a linebacker does in the defense but i just want to see those five guys in action uh, as much as possible because they they had to learn a a new position Mm -hmm. i mean they will still sometimes line up on the line uh, but sometimes they'll line up at a more traditional linebacker role um, and I'm curious to see what that looks like and how comfortable those guys look doing that. We're talking about uh, Owen Carney, Isaiah Gay, Seth Coleman, uh, Ezekiel Holmes, and Cooper Davis. Uh, you know, especially guys like Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay, who have uh, quite a few starts under their belt and you would imagine would be in the starting lineup off the bat uh, against Nebraska to just see um, what what different looks the Illinois defense is going to throw. I know they're not going to give away all of their plans, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine we're going to see those guys only line up in one spot as the night goes on for, for the spring game. So, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to go pretty, again, basic here, but simple. Uh, I want to see no penalties. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. That, that was a uh, unfortunate hallmark, I think, of uh, a lot of, the teams, Lovey Smith coached at Illinois in the last five seasons and in previous coaching staffs too. Uh, Illinois just commits too many dumb penalties and silly mm-hmm. penalties that really uh, negate some some potential scoring drives or help the uh, help the opposing offense sustain drives with a, a lackadaisical 
penalty or anything like that. So yeah. I'm just curious to see how how disciplined Brett Bielema's team is in a live game setting on on Monday night, and um, if they can limit their infractions, which will be obviously huge. Uh, you know, once the the regular season gets rolling around, so just clean, smart, disciplined football. I'm just uh, I'm eager to see what uh, what aspect that is like for for Brett Bielema's program. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, with my third pick, we've spent a lot of time during the spring talking about the running back room for Illinois, and rightfully so. It's a pretty strong room. Um, and we've also spent a lot of time talking about how the receiver room probably needs a little bit of a pick-me-up, but mm-hmm. I think one group we haven't talked about quite as much necessarily might be the tight ends. So mm-hmm. I'm just uh, I'm just looking to see how the tight ends are utilized. And again, I know we won't see everything that, that this, this team has to offer from its playbook. But uh, Daniel Barker, I mean, is the one guy in that room who you kind of know what you're getting with him. And then with all these other guys, there's a few more question marks. I mean, Luke Ford caught one pass last year or what have you, but was on the field a ton. Uh, Tip Riemann is somebody who's been talked about a lot by by coaches, by Ben Miller and some other coaches during this spring. Uh, And Mike Sterniglia Jr., who was a Northern Illinois transfer, also has gotten some, some, uh, some press in some of our Zoom calls. So I'm really curious to see how some of those guys uh, show up, not just catching the ball, but also blocking and just seeing how they look, really, and seeing different ways they might be utilized. All right, my third thing I'm going to say, I want to see out of the spring game, uh, I want to see someone besides a quarterback throw the football. Okay. Uh, whether it's a, a halfback option pass, a double reverse, back to the quarterback pass, um, anything creative, just one play. I'm not saying they have to sell out all their trick plays <laughs> on Monday night that would be, uh, to, to give yeah. you know Nebraska and – uh, everyone else in the Big Ten some some added film at all, but just uh, just to have some fun with it, and uh, you know it is a it is a game after all. It's supposed to be fun, right. uh, especially a, a inter squad scrimmage like it is. So uh, that's one thing I want to see uh, out of that, and uh, maybe Chase Brown, Chase Hayden, Jakari Norwood, Reggie Love doesn't matter, or heck, you know Luke Ford if he wants to throw a pass. Sure, just add to his mystique that he's built up around him. I'm I'm all for it. So all right. Uh, for Yours are more like beat writer specific yeah. goals, and mine are more like John Q fan goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> we'll keep it up. Uh, this one, this one might be a little bit of both, actually. Um, who doesn't want to see uh, Caleb Griffin catch a pass? There you um, go. <laughs> at, le- at least, at least one. Um, that'd be that'd be great. I'm kind of wondering how he would celebrate too. He'd you probably know, pull out his cell phone and Snapchat it or something. Even if it's like a five yard pass that he just runs <laughs> out of bounds, I feel like there might be a celebration at the end of it. Yeah, I want to see Caleb Griffin catch a pass. Um, I'm not expecting him to go for like ten for 180 and a touchdown, but. I just want to, I just want to see him run her out and catch a pass. Fair enough. Uh, tease too to to Thursday's news Gazette. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're writing about a member of the Griffin family. Yep. Colin is and Caleb, Caleb provided the photo that there is going go. with the there story. <laughs> uh, Kedzie Griffin, Caleb's younger sister, is a kicker for the Danville High School football team. How cool yep. is that? Very so, cool. We'll have a story on that. Colin talked to Kedzie the other day, so uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to to that story in Thursday's uh, news Gazette. Uh, fourth thing that I'm looking for, and this is just more out of main curiosity because uh, this is kind of goes inside baseball, but I just want to see where all the assistant coaches are during the game. Sure. Who's going to be up in the press box? Is Tony Peterson going to be up there or on the field? Is Ryan Walters going to be up there on the field, the defensive coordinator for Illinois? Also kind of see their personalities unfold on the field. Who's the, who's the most fiery assistant coach they have? Who's the one that, um, might be in charge of you know being the get back coach for Brett Bielema <laughs> if he wants to get after the officials at some point at all uh, during a spring game. Oh boy, 
hey, it's good practice for yeah. everyone involved. I mean, you do have to practice that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just curious to see kind of the, the role of the coaching staff and how they interact with uh, the, the players on, on the field or from the press box at all. So uh, that's my fourth pick. I right. only got one more. Make it a good one. And rounding out my pick is, is one that I, it's a, definitely the least predictable of my five so far. Um, I, I want to see some of these true freshmen in action. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've, we've actually heard from the coaching staff how they've been impressed with some of these guys. Uh, said, said McConnell on the defensive line is the okay. biggest one, probably, who's been hyped up by uh, Terrence James, Jameson. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like he's uh, making pretty significant impact. Uh, Dylan Rosiak, I know, has is, is talked about as kind of like a spark plug. He's mm-hmm. flying around all over the field at linebacker. And you've also got Joriel Washington. you got Brody Wisecarver uh, and Josh Geske, those latter two on the offensive line. And that offensive line is pretty well set but mm-hmm. i have a feeling we're still gonna see a lot of guys get uh, get a lot of playing time and uh hopefully these freshmen are among them even if it's just for a few snaps just want to see uh, what fire they show and what they can bring to the table for for illinois to maybe get fans excited for the future all right my fifth and final pick is from a purely selfish work standpoint mm-hmm. um i am the sports editor here <laughs> I, I have been the beat writer in the past for illinois football so i know what it's like during a game and a spring game as well a night spring game too. Uh, I just want to see a quick game. Yep. Uh, please be go. over by 9 p.m. 9:15 at the latest, so we can have plenty of coverage in Tuesday's News Gazette, which uh, Colin will be spearheading of a, a game story notes. Bob Osmussen will likely be chiming in with some uh, co- column and some analysis. Robin Schultz with photos. Uh, so quick game. I, I don't want to. I, I do not want to see it end at ten thirty, but up right <laughs> against our deadline. And Colin is frantically typing from the press box at Memorial Stadium. That's not. He'll have plenty of time to write on deadline during the season, most likely. So let's let's not make it a uh, a trend here at the spring game. That so again, good to me. that's very very inside baseball right there. But uh, just a quick game. That sounds good to me. Okay, I'm all for that. All right. Well, thank you, Ed, for putting up with us again for another episode of Inside Illini Football. Uh, We'll be back, like I said, every Wednesday from here on out. Uh, Enjoy Monday night's spring game, and thanks for listening. Have a good week, everyone.